Welcome to Liberty Station. I'm Bryce Eddy, and this show is brought to you by my good friends at Devoted Capital, where they believe how you profit matters. They're dedicated to helping you align your investments with your values, empowering you to a life well-lived. So on today's show, um, we have a repeat guest, and that's Dr. Chris Rake, and he brings in a special guest and friend of his, Dr. Giselle. And what we end up talking about is something that is really a danger to the medical community and to doctors especially, and that's AB 2098. We need you to call Dr. Newsom's office, uh, Dr. Newsom, <laughs> he wishes, we need you to call Governor Newsom's office and, and have a little bit of a call to action here and make sure that he vetoes this sucker. This is going to make sure that doctors can get brought before the medical board if they aren't really endorsing the established narrative or the consensus, and that means they're going to be owned by Big Pharma and whoever is in charge uh, in the political landscape at the moment, and we do not want that for our doctors. Enjoy the show. Back with my friend, Dr. Chris Rake. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm okay, good. and you brought a special guest. I sure did. Yeah, this is Giselle Saheli. She's a, um, nice a psychiatrist. All right. Call well, friend. so you called this as an emergency meeting and emergency podcast because there's something that we have to uh, really be highlighting right now, and that is the attack on the autonomy of doctors. And this is something that's particularly disturbing to me um, for a number of reasons, because, you know, all of this stuff is, a, is an attack upon our liberty, right? And they're trying to, you know, create automatons that are going to be doing the work of the tyrants that are in power. And right now, no industry, no institution, no profession is going to be safe. And they're attacking the finest among us first because the most educated and the loudest and the people who are, um, you know, the, the essentially, I mean, a doctor is a small business owner at, at his core, and they're trying to swallow all that up so that you guys cannot push back against whatever narrative they want to cram down your throat. So let's talk about this law specifically that they're trying to put yeah we'll in talk place. about the law and just remind me to to explain why this is important and it's not just they're coming after doctors yeah they come after the intelligentsia and the artists first so remind me to talk about that later. yeah but um so this is this bill ab 2098 is a bill that um was pushed by the california by a few members of the california medical board and um it it essentially criminalizes doctors for spreading misinformation and disinformation and they, they define misinformation as any information that's disseminated from a doctor uh, that goes against the scientific consensus or the standard of care. And disinformation is misinformation that is disseminated uh, with malicious intent. Okay, So either two of those are, either one of those, are professional misconduct and they could cost a, a doctor his license. Um, now, it's funny, it's interesting because the word disseminate is defined in this law as information coming from a doctor to a patient. But when right. you think of disseminate, what do you think? Uh, you think on a more broad scale. Yeah, like so you, like, hey, I'm putting it out. Hey, I'm on the radio or on a podcast right, right now talking about you know horse dewormer or yeah. something. Right? And, and that's what I think. Um, and and I, one of the problems with this, I believe, is that all they have to do is go back in and cross out their definition of disseminate 
And no longer does it mean when a doctor is talking to a patient and giving the patient misinformation or disinformation, it can mean a doctor at a rally or a doctor in church or a doctor even being overheard in a conversation. Yeah, just yeah, merely sharing your opinion right. You know, anywhere could yeah. have you run afoul of what they're trying to put in place. Right. And, and so what the, the medical board is saying, the reason they need this is because uh, they don't have a mechanism to go after doctors that are causing harm, but they do. Um, you know, they already do have a mechanism for patient harm. In fact, I confronted the CMA on this just last week. We were there at the Ventura County chapter meeting, and we said, you do have a, a mechanism for this if there's patient harm done. And they admitted, yes, this law allows a doctor to be persecuted even if there's no demonstrated harm against a patient or anybody for that matter. Um, so the concern for this is that there's a lot of concerns. Um, one is is that what is scientific consensus, right? right. Two is who defines misinformation? Who, who's the arbiter of this? Is it gonna be a lawyer? Is it gonna be a doctor? Is it gonna be somebody who's up? I mean, man, if I'm gonna have somebody overseeing my, my actions, my words, I hope it's somebody that's smarter than me, that knows the literature better, better than I do, that's up to date on all the studies and, and safety profile of these medications and the toxicology and all these things. Um, and then the other thing is, um, is this, this is going to lead to a, a worsening of the patient-doctor relationship. Why? Because the patient's going to come to the doctor, and he's going to say, Doc, you know, for example, these, these Omicron boosters, right? Um, do you know that they were, if they were tested on humans or not? Have you heard about that? Uh, yeah, we've actually talked about it quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, no, they weren't. Right. <laughs> right. Eight mice. Yeah. Right. So, so I come to you, you're, you're my physician, I'm the patient, and I say, hey, doc, you know, I've heard that these things were only tested in mice. And you're going to look around and kind of like, okay, it's now post-AB 2098 world. You're thinking, and I say, are these safe? You're, you're thinking in your head, no way, I have no clue of knowing whether these right. are safe or not. Yeah, it's, a, it's, right. a, it's actually impossible to know. Yeah, I mean, they could be safe, but we have no idea. Right. But if you even said, we don't know and they're approved by the FDA, that could be considered going against the consensus. Why? Right. Because consensus means, well, if the FDA approved it, right? Yeah, the FDA is the arbitrator of right. that. Right. Well, just want to highlight a few points. Um, first of all, I want to um, highlight the fact that this bill is not only affecting doctors, it's an imminent danger to public safety, and I can explain why. I was following this bill and how it was processed, how it was started since last year. And I want to emphasize on the fact that uh, they are not looking for anti-vax doctors necessarily. There were many doctors who already got affected by medical boards, uh, false uh, statements, accusations, and harassments, even the vaccinated one. Ms. Lawson um, was on top of it. Uh, now, had Lawson many, is the president of the California Medical yes, Board. Yes, um, she's the president of Medical Board of California. She started by going to media um, with false accusations without any document, even after public uh, confronted her, she continued the same um, claim and um, she attacked Many other doctors, vaccinated doctors, call them anti-vax just because they were not uh, following the same narrative. And um, 
the most dangerous part of this bill is the language that is explaining misinformation. Even CMA president uh, brought the false um, definition um, when we were at the meeting. And when I brought it up, uh, correct her, um, audience called me a radical anti-vax without even knowing my uh, vaccine uh, documentation. Um, what um, she's been doing all this long is trying to bring down the burden that they have to follow based on California law. They have to have clear, convincing reasons to clear, revoke. Yeah. I think it's clear and compelling evidence beyond a reasonable doubt is the current level of threshold that they have, the threshold of evidence they have to yes. meet in order to discipline a physician. However, um, Ms. Lawson has started um, with the fact that investigation is expensive, uh, and if we want to get to that level, we would not be able to act fast. And if we want to have uh, the proof of patient-physician relationship or even harm, then we would not be able to get the license of uh, get license of um, physicians. Um, who just went to social media and said something without any harm. And we want to act fast. She uh, wrote many letters, January 5th, June 1st, and uh, convinced assembly members and uh, Senate that um, there is an urgent need for changing this definition. Currently, misinformation is just anything that is against a standard of care. And if you read the last document submitted on August 30th on this bill, you will see that it, they said a standard of care uh, is uh, being recognized and proven by medical board's experts, and it's not supposed to be clear or convincing. It, has, it would be based yeah, on so their guidelines. They changed the language from clear so, and com compelling to essentially goes against the standard of care. So, so let me uh, let's let's look at more of a um, thirty thousand foot yeah. view of this right now. So, I I've, I said this at the beginning of you know our little podcast world. I think I said this at you know one of the live streams originally. Um, you know when when we were talking about some of the stuff that that I believed was going to be happening. And what this is, is our, especially the state of California, our state government is looking at everything that annoyed them and got in their way mm -hmm. during COVID. So they went, they went all in on these lockdowns. They did everything that they could to shut us all down, get us to comply. And now they're going after the people that were in their way. Doctors, of course, like you, um, you know, uh, for our audience, um, you know, go back to some of our earlier episodes. We had you on and we talked about your story. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Rake, uh, uh, you were unceremoniously dismissed by standing up. That was a squatter. They were nice enough to have yeah. two escorts taken <laughs> yeah. out, of the, out of the building. Security in a box. Um, and what, what's funny about that is that I got a letter from the medical board accusing me of showing up to work unvaccinated, to, to try to enter yeah. the building unvaccinated. And I yeah. said, I didn't try to enter. I have I had credentials. My security card worked. It wasn't until three or four hours later. But you know, you, you, I'm, were, I'm thinking, you were trying to bring the plague in there. I, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. wait a second. I just got fired from a place where I've had a stellar record, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And now they're sending me a threatening letter about getting fired. Like, that's pretty cruel. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, they got to beat you while you're down. Well... The Dems just went on a spending spree, about $500 billion to fund their student loan forgiveness bailout. 
And how are they going to pay for it? Oh, yeah, they're hiring 87,000 new IRS agents. Their goal is to do an additional 1.2 million audits a year, also known as squeeze the taxpayers. The Fed chair is freaked out about inflation. The leftist government is clearly ignoring him. Where does this leave you? It leaves you calling Birch Gold Group because you want to hedge against inflation with gold. You want to own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. If you're skeptical about the trajectory of the economy and the U.S. dollar, then text LIBERTY to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on securing your savings with gold. I trust Birch Gold. They've been around for almost 20 years, five-star reviews, thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out. Text LIBERTY to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. So uh, this from, you know, kind of that that top in view, um, this is one of those many things that they're doing to attack, yeah. um, you know, whether it's a business owner, doctor, everything. They're, they're trying to circle the wagons. They're trying to prevent for the future. The next time they come around and say, oh, this is what we're doing with this now, they want everyone to be forced to comply or, or lose their jobs. Yeah, and it's going to make it's going to make slaves and shills of big pharma. Yeah, slaves to big pharma and shills of big pharma. Yeah, they of, want of they, all the doctors in California. Yeah, they they want us all to be serfs, and yeah. and yes, they want um, the doctors to serve big pharma, which you know now and and also, and I've talked about this on the show too. Um, we've watched the uh, um, ever since ACA came out, um, and I believe that was two thousand ten ish um ACA remind me oh the, uh, accountable uh, care yeah, yeah, act affordable care act yeah Afford- uh, yeah i'm sorry affordable care act yeah. obamacare uh when ACA got passed you watched all of these big medical um institutions hospitals um independent practice associations all start to consolidate which became the first form of you know getting everybody to to yeah. be under control and comply because if you aren't practicing medicine the way we want you to right. practice medicine in our corporation, you know then you you know you're out of line and you're out of here, and um, part of that was self defense because ACA Obamacare made things infinitely more complex. It sure did. Right, you went from eighteen thousand billing codes for insurance purposes to a quarter million plus. Plus the requirement to have electronic medical records, which is a really hefty cost for a small single provider. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, you know, with with remember everything right now, um, I believe is an attack on our sovereignty. Yep. Okay, attack on our sovereignty as a nation, attack on our sovereignty as citizens, a- attack on our sovereignty as business owners, individuals on down, and our families, everything, and this is all connected in that sense and so now you know we're facing i mean literally uh when you're talking about your conversation with a patient i'm, I'm thinking you know okay hey are you wearing a wire <laughs> you know that's well that's one of our arguments that's one one of the things that we've been talking about is it's going to just i mean it's already harmed the doctor patient relationship right. I mean, because right. of all the things they did during COVID, um, getting doctors into this collectivist mindset, calling ivermectin, which won the human Nobel, the Nobel Prize in human medicine, calling it a horse paste. Yeah. You actually have s- physicians that are supposedly self-respecting physicians, decent physicians walking around calling it horse paste. Yeah. This, this, this eradicated a, an entire illness, river blindness from the human population. So anyways, so, you know, there, this loss of... of 
of trust between doctors and patients is only growing. I have pay, I have friends that don't that are afraid to go to the hospital now. Yeah. I mean, this is like communist China. This is like North Korea, and that's just now. That's not. We're not yet in a post AB twenty ninety eight world. But imagine that conversation where I, as a patient, go to the doctor and I say, "Hey, is this new booster safe?" And he's thinking, "Heck no," or "We don't even know." But he's also thinking, "Oh man, I've got student loans." I've got a wife and kids. Exactly. I've got a mortgage. I've yeah. got to put food on the table. I can't. I can't lose my job, right? Yeah. yeah. I so can he's, give you. Go so ahead. he's going to say, I, I, you know, I can't really say. And the patient's going to say, What do you mean? You don't know, or you can't say? Well, um, I, and if he's smart, he'll say, I don't know. Right. If he's not so smart, he might say, I can't say. And even that will be enough to nail him and take away his license. Yeah. Well, I can give you a real example. <laughs> happened to. Um, my vaccinated uh, relative who worked at frontline emergency room since the beginning of COVID, she got uh, myocarditis after uh, receiving the third dose, the booster. And um, then cardiologists um, mentioned that it could be related to the booster. She asked uh, for exemption letter because they are um, only allowed to work in emergency room if they're on top of their boosters, uh, so she wanted to get an exemption for the fourth dose. Cardiologists refused because of what uh, he was hearing um, about um, doctors revoking license, medical board um, accusations based on any exemption letter, even if it's based on science. Um, and this frontline provider is now suffering doesn't know what she's supposed to do next time um, she's asked about the fourth booster. So it's not only affecting <clears throat> anti-vax uh, doctors, it's affecting all of us. It's affecting all physicians, all providers, and even public. There would be a huge uh, physician shortage if this law passed, and the quality of care would be low. You wouldn't hear their um, evidence-based medicine, you basically hear what they want us to say uh, to keep our licenses. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I'll add to that because I just got a new doctor and um, took uh, took a while to get in to see him get into the practice because he's, you know, pretty selective. And so we sit down and, uh, you know, across from table and he kind of, you know, goes over an explanation of how he does medicine. And he's, uh, you know, more of a holistic guy, sure. a longevity guy. And you know, uh, lays out this philosophy and he's, you know, and he started to like, you know, probe me and talk. And I, and I said, I said, Oh, uh, okay. So what is this? You know? And, and he goes, well, you got to understand this is an interview that you're having with me, but I'm having an interview with you. And I said, Oh, and he goes, uh, unfortunately in my practice, I was turned in for delivering care during COVID that included ivermectin and, um, uh, HCQ. Um, and so, uh, I go, okay, I get it. And then I explain real quickly my association with PragerU and with Turning Point. He goes, okay, all right, we're on the same side. <laughs> but, but, but that, isn't that sad? That's a wild thing that, yeah, we, we have to live you in that world to, now. You have, have to have a, and this is what happens in totalitarian states. Mm -hmm. They make everything political. Yeah. Medicine, medicine should be the last place where it's political. No, we're going to have to, we're going to have to, you know, draw, draw a little half of the ichthus in the dirt to uh, make sure that we're right. on the same team now. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm, 
joking only a little bit, but that's what it's coming down to is, okay, can't, you know, can we trust each other? Right. You know, and right. can you tell me the truth as you see it? Um, and, and yeah, we're becoming slaves to, um, a, you know, tyrannical, uh, regime that wants us to, you know, toe the line and be serfs or slaves. Yeah. And you can imagine a post AB 2098 world that the doctor's not going to, tr- just like your doctor right now Yeah. in a pre 2098 world. Yeah doesn't trust the patients, right? So you're gonna have a doctor that doesn't trust the patients, the patients that don't trust the doctor. The doctor's gonna be wondering, is this guy a mole? Is he a spy for the medical board? And with the medical board getting this authority, they don't, they they have such a, their their level of evidence now, the threshold is preponderance of evidence. Yeah, they they can just dash dash your career on the rocks pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, at least right now we have some, some protections for our, our licenses. It's, it's a more tedious process for them to go through. But I can tell you, they sent me two letters. The first one was, we have a report that you shared your, quote, shared your beliefs on COVID. Right. And I'm like, okay, is, what's the point? And then the, and I, I think that was it with, when they sent that first letter. The second letter, they got bolder. And they actually accused me of misinformation. Okay, yeah, shared your beliefs on COVID. Yeah, so... I mean, so that's, that's, like, that's, like that's saying, amazing you that they're your, saying that. Yeah, you shared your beliefs on diabetes or you shared your beliefs on oncology. What's the accusation here? So I, I wrote them back. And in fact, we filed a public records access. Here, here's, a, here's a principle that we have to get a hold of on our side. We, number one, have to be proactive, right. which is why we love Ron DeSantis, right? Yeah. Because he's holding the, the enemy or the opponent to their own standard. Right. right? It's a Sololinsky tactic. That, exactly. Uh, yeah. Rules for radicals. Yeah. We, so, need to, we need to use their own tactics against them. Yeah. And, and, so, and that's what Project Veritas does. That's yeah. how they operate. Um, that's one of the reasons why they're so successful. But, you know, so number one, we have to be proactive. Number two, when, when we get punched, we punch back twice as hard. Yeah. So I never would have cared. I, I, I'm, bored, I, I'm bored out of my mind watching a four-hour-long medical board conference, but I feel like God has called me to this to stand up for justice, Amen. to stand up for righteousness, right? And so I go through the effort and the pain uh, to do that. But um, it, we, we have to punch back. So I, said, so I filed a public records access request, which is like a California version of the FOIA. And I asked all kinds of questions like, who, who's getting paid on the board from Big Pharma? Who's gotten honoraria? Who's gotten travel fees? Who's gotten meal uh, fees, uh, lodging, all these things? And so they didn't write me back. So then uh, I had my lawyer send them a writ of, file a writ of mandate, and that forces them to follow the law. So, so they just recently sent us the answers to those questions, but they were in files we couldn't open. And we called the, the medical board. We said, we can't open these. And the guy says, I can't open it either. They're totally playing games. Mm-hmm. Everything they do I, is playing games. Um, yeah, of course. I, I want to add the, the most dangerous um, language in the bill that um, you might not notice. Um, they basically can tell the physicians that we find out about the misinformation you provided, and if you ask why and do you have any ev- evidence that it, it was misinformation, they can simply ask for uh, psychiatry eval just because of you asking. Devoted Capital is more than just another financial service company. They believe how you profit matters. When your financial investments align with your values, you then have the freedom to capitalize on the present and design your future. The president and CEO of Devoted Capital is my closest childhood friend, 
Randy Sonata Jr. His vision and mission is to provide everyone with the necessary education, tools, and guidance to help you not only reach your financial goals, but to build and grow your wealth in a way that positively affects every aspect of your life and the world around you through values-based investing. Visit their website at devotedcapital.com to learn more or dial 805-372-0821 to speak to your values investor advocate today. Investment advisory services offered through Alliance Advisory and Securities, LLC, a registered investment advisor. They've already done that. And they have done that. I know the case. And if you ask for the reason for psych eval without any psych history, they can simply go to um, their current law and say this is unprofessional conduct and they can revoke your license based on, on professional conduct without even telling you what was the misinformation, yeah. what was the accusation coming from, and without even patient harm or patient-physician relationship. This is the dangerous part. It's happening. I have all the documents, and I can provide it to anybody who wants to review. Also, um, there is a line on the... Um, last version of the bill that um, was passed after uh, assembly refusal on the last day uh, on August 30th that uh, says we concluded the following FSMB statement and uh, in response to the state's Republican legislator other states uh, refused to um, accept FSMB uh, statement however we are going to do this uh, change on the definition of misinformation. So just to clarify, the FSMB is this Federation of State Medical Boards, and they are trying to make themselves like the federal medical board. Mm-hmm. So um, they, you know, they're, they're trying to get their fingers into all the state medical boards and direct them and tell them, hey, yeah. we're, we want you to take away licenses. Of, we don't have the power as the FSMB, but we want you, California, you, Nevada, you, Florida, all these states to do it for us. So interesting trend, and we keep highlighting this on our channel here, is that everything is moving from decentralizing or decentralization to centralization. Right. You know, they, the central planners want all authority to be in the hands of as few people as possible, and we're seeing that trend in everything and they're violating the law to do it which which just to clarify what she's saying here is so important because what you're saying is that this bill was passed with the language intact by the assembly and by the senate and but then after that they changed the language is that right they um took away the malicious word malicious for misinformation malicious malicious intent malicious intent and also they um deleted the part that um, patient harm or patient relationship need to be there based on um, board's president's um, false claims on the fact that we uh, have uh, high expenses on investigation, which is not true. She already passed another law that physicians have to pay for the investigations. Also based on her other um, false claims saying that most of the medical board's uh, are physicians, and um, we have to change it to uh, give the opportunity to um, um, experts to make a decision rather than board members. This uh, statement is also false. Um, another law was passed I in the right beginning. I think right now the of, board is like 13 members. It's supposed to be 15 members. It's supposed to be eight physicians at, at minimum. 
Um, or but eight, eight, uh, eight, it seven. was eight physician, basically eight public. Uh, it was seven public member and eight uh, governor appointment appointed, and all the uh, doctors were uh, among governor appointed. And right now they flip it over, and basically we have more attorneys and non physicians making decisions. And on top of that, when um, one of the um, physicians who got the letter for disinformation filed a lawsuit against medical board, on their response, they claimed that whatever you wrote um, and as in lawsuit that Lawson is bringing FSMB's criteria and representing board was wrong. And Ms. Lawson is not even representing board. Basically, they are playing the game whenever they want to push it forward, they bring something else to uh, our legislator, our assembly members and senator, and get what they want. And then if you file a lawsuit, they change the word to make sure that they are yeah. not so liable you, for evil, your expenses. Evil corruption. What's actually yeah. happening is Rick Jaffe, he's a lawyer, he's suing on behalf of Physicians for Informed Consent. Um, he, he originally was going to have me as a co-plaintiff because I have a, a valid complaint against the board for coming against me for misinformation. He's suing them on First Amendment grounds, saying you can't come after doctors for this. And this is one of the reasons why they're motivated to, to push forward AB 2098. Um, but they found, he found that, so what she's saying is that after the bill was passed by the legislature, somebody went in and changed the, the language, yeah. which is illegal. You can't do that. Yeah, delete. I mean, deleting um, malicious from malicious intent mm -hmm. means that the, the standard that they need to meet is yeah. so much lower. All you have to do is tell a patient, at this point, tell a patient anything that goes against the census, consensus or the standard of care. In the future, it's going to be... Like I said, they're going to get rid of the, their terminology, their definition of disseminate. It's just going to be yeah. whatever you disseminate. Well, I mean, uh, misinformation is what the whatever the ruling class wants it exactly. to be. Exactly, um, yeah. and and they're and we've seen that already. I mean, many of the things that they said was misinformation or disinformation a year true. ago came to be one hundred percent factually true, and of course they haven't apologized. You no, know, they, they, just, they they'll never come back around and say, "Oh yeah, hey, our bad." You know, you right. guys are right. Like the vaccines. So yeah, I mean, what what they'd say is that, well, it was true then for us, and you right. guys were wrong because you didn't know that's at another, the time. That's another great point about this. So there's there's at least four things that we know that changed in in the scientific consensus. One, the WHO said originally, "No, it's not spread human to human." Right. And then, okay, yeah, it is, but by con contact and fomites, which is just surfaces, but not respiratory. And then, oh, yeah, actually, it is respiratory. Okay, then you had a Fauci saying, after 50 years of public health data on the mm -hmm. masks, the masks don't work. Yeah. Okay, that hasn't changed in 50 years. Yeah. That was in all the way up to April 2020. On 60 Minutes, he said that. Mm -hmm. Then a month and a half later, he changes and says, not only, and he, by the way, he was saying masks are silly, you're just fiddling with them, they're unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. And then a month and a half later, he comes out and says, no, they're necessary, we have to mandate them, right? Yeah. So that's number two. He was given different directives. Right. Yeah. At number three is the vaccines. This is going to be our, our, our biggest hope, and, and we have to do everything for the vaccines. This is going to save us from the pandemic. To fast forward to, to today, you have Deborah Burks, who was a sidekick of Fauci. Mm -hmm who came out on Fox News and said, I knew all along yeah. they weren't going to work. 
So she she lied either then or she's lying now. But either way, but they believe it's it. okay because you know they had aims that they had to meet. I mean, they they justify it. They that's, will justify. That's how it. all of these um, you know things happen. Yeah. They justify it. They talk themselves into why for the greater good they right. had to say what they had to say. And, and, and they'll justify all of us rubes, the public. You know, needed yeah. to just get in line. And and so you know the problem is with this. Because consensus is always changing, they could theoretically, let's say you're a doctor who said in April 2020, um, I believe in masks. I think masks should be imposed. And Fauci, who's setting the tone, the, the standard consensus, says no masks are silly on 60 Minutes. And then, you, and then the board starts an investigation into you. They right. say the, the consensus is masks don't work. 50 years of data show they don't. Well, that, it's, it's going to take longer than a month or two months. It's going to take eight, ten months for that investigation. By the time they're getting near the end of the investigation, masks, masks have already been widely accepted, and not only that, mandated everywhere. Right. But check this out. They're going to be able to say, even though we, you were right from mm. the beginning, at the time you said that, it was misinformation because it went against the scientific consensus. This is why it's well, so dangerous. Well, well, and, they, and they're already they're already doing this because that is I'm I'm describing when I say that that's what they're saying right now in social media, online, in the news is that oh no, we were right then because right. that's what we all understood at the time, and you guys were wrong even though you were right. Right. You guys were wrong because you didn't really know, and you were against what we believed to be true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and um, actually, right now they don't even need to do the investigation. All they can do is like um, bringing their accusation in front of their horrible experts, and that horrible experts approve that it's deviation from a standard of care. At when, that when, you, when you say horrible, that's not just a, that, that, I no. mean that's your opinion, but it's also objectively uh -huh. true, right? Because yes, I am aware of two board experts. Uh, who uh, were introduced to a physician for psychiatric evaluation. And both of them had horrible patient review and medical board um, was forcing, yes. And medical board was um, basically forcing the physician without any psych background and without any reason to get evaluated by this horrible psychiatrist. And when physician um, refused and asked at least for video recorded evaluation they both um, rejected so i want to know why mm. if an evaluator reject um, audio video recording if they are honest yeah also uh. i want to bring up the question that always come to me um, when i explain all these uh, falsified documents um, presented by miss loss and they're asking why what is their secondary goal what are they aiming for i will tell them how it was started and why they are doing it it was started november 2021 when one of the board members um, public board members uh, tj watkins filed a lawsuit against them telling them that you are not protecting public safety you are protecting uh, well-connected physicians like bad doctors who have done things and you are protecting them and then um he went online and um, basically showed all the records that they are only um, disciplining the well-connected um, physician uh, by like 0.5% of the complaints, which is very low. 
And Lawson started to find a way to bring down the cost and bring down the uh, clear, convincing language so that she can go after whoever she wants and bring up the number of the disciplines, still protect CMA doctors, and um, telling public that, see, we have done something, but the reality is it's just the number, who got disciplined, the good doctors without any patient harm. Um, And CMA is supporting them because they still want to be protected after all these articles against their corruption. They're number 33 among 41 boards. So I know you you both have got to have a lot of colleagues and friends out there. What's happening in the community with reaction to this? I mean, is there a real concern or is this something that, that a lot of people are just, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. We'll We'll do what we need to do and toe the line. You know, it may be the circles that I run with, but Mm -hmm. the doctors that are aware of this that I know of are outraged about it. Okay. But when I went to CMA last week, when we went to CMA, the Ventura County chapter, um, there were, I would say most of the doctors there, there were a few that came up to me afterwards and said, I totally agree with what you're saying. But I would say most of the doctors there are drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. They don't understand. They're actually committing professional suicide. They're cutting off the branch they're sitting on because... You may agree that I'm, I'm a kook and a fringe and a lunatic today right? because your guy's in power. Yeah. But what if a Trump appointee gets in power and says that, you know, anyone who says that masks work or these COVID shots work are going to have their licenses revoked for spreading misinformation pretty soon? You're going to change yeah. your tune uh, on Yeah, be- because, uh, I mean, it, it could be the case, you know, now that we know more about the vaccine and, you know, okay. Uh, By the way, let's not call it a vaccine. There, there yeah. is no COVID-19 um, vaccine. Amen. There's no injection that. you can take whereby you're protected from getting it or yeah. spreading it. So a- a- Amen to that. And I'm not, I don't have I, I usually do. I, do I usually do air quotes when I say vaccine. <laughs> I, I think when you use the language of your tormentors, you've got Stockholm Syndrome. You a- don't amen. have Stockholm Syndrome. I don't have Stockholm Syndrome. I do not. Syndrome. I do not. So we're just All right, when this, COVID shots. When this COVID shot, when this jab... Uh, yeah, when, yeah. when more and more is revealed as to the you know problems with it, um, if we do have a changeover in power structure, then yeah, what's to stop you know uh, the other side going after these doctors that were promoting the jab and emphasizing yeah. that and saying, oh yeah, not only do you need you know three, you need four, and let's yeah. get these kids you know taken care of too. And God forbid that would happen. I would hate for my colleagues on the other side of this issue to suffer the way we have. We have two major tragedies in this country that I take personally, and it's poor health and veganism. Battle both by ordering from my friends at Good Ranchers. 85% of all grass-fed beef is imported from other countries, but because they process it here, they can slap the product of USA label on it. Because of this, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed. Good Ranchers sells 100% American meat. A Good Ranchers subscription locks in your price to protect you against inflation. Enter code LIBERTY at checkout for $30 off plus free shipping or go to goodranchers.com slash liberty. Every item is steakhouse quality and you can order the finest steaks, seafood, and chicken at half the price of those other online meat guys. And I'll tell you, in direct head-to-head competition in my discriminating household, Good Ranchers just tastes much better. Enter code LIBERTY at checkout for $30 off plus free shipping or go to goodranchers.com slash liberty. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Yeah, and, and they shouldn't. 
but that is the reality of this actual law. So let's talk about um, what happens if we do nothing, because it's interesting that you know now um, under the emergency powers and protocols that they put in place during COVID, which have never been uh, disbanded or changed. Right. Um, Even though Biden just, what, two days ago officially said, hey, yeah, it's over. over. It's over. And his White House is scrambling. No. Wait, wait, beep, don't say that. Um, well, because just to talk about that for a moment, um, you know, they gained so much power. There is so much money to be had um, being under a state of continuous emergency. Um, a lot of the people that have been taking advantage of all of that, we've had shows where we've shown what, you know, kind of how that's worked with Dr. Barbara Ferrer, you know, in, in Los Angeles, uh, in the, you know, the Ministry of Health. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, how much they're able to just channel um, money and, you know, revenue towards right. their pet projects and things like that, all coming from this, these COVID emergency funds. So the party's over if COVID is over. Yeah. Um, but uh, I got I got distracted there. But um, the governor he doesn't need to sign this thing, and it'll just pass. No. So he has to actively veto it, or else it just passes because of their uh, emergency resolutions. Right. It used to be that a governor, when a bill comes is passed by the Senate and the Assembly, comes to the governor's office, he has to sign it or veto it. If he doesn't sign it, it doesn't go into effect. Right. If he vetoes it, obviously it doesn't go into effect. He has to actually sign it in order for it to go into effect. And now, like you're referring to, all he has to do is do nothing. So he loves this situation because he can just, I, I didn't sign it. You know, and, and I've heard that there's like 900 bills on his desk. How is he possibly, I mean, you, you sign 45 bills in a day, your hand's tired. You still got 20 days to, you know, 19 more days to, to sign. Well, and you're not reviewing them. Even 40, no 45 bills in a day, just, you have staffers come in and go, oh, yeah, you want to sign that one. Yeah, exactly. He just signed 40 climate change bills, just, just on climate change alone. So there's, there's all kinds of bills. In fact, there's one bill I, I want to talk about right now that is the basis and the standard of all liberty, right? The Declaration of Independence, Independence says that uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Right. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you don't have life, you don't have liberty. Right. And as we saw in Nazi Germany and other to totalitarian states, when they can determine what life is worthy of life, I think the, the term was Leben unter Leben or something like that, yeah. right? Life unworthy of life. We are now in the position where the legislature has just passed the, perhaps the most wicked bill ever passed, law ever passed by a legislature or a parliament in history. And that is to allow kids to be murdered up to 28 days, babies after they're born. And you know once it goes there, why not two months? You know, if the mom can't afford, she finds, you know, I, I can't afford formula. Why not six months? Why not two years? Right? So eventually... It's gonna it, it's gonna lead into that. People say, "Oh, you're talking about the slippery slope." No, no, we're already down the slope. Hey, look, the slippery slope. People have been right, <laughs> right? I'm I mean, no longer a conspiracy uh, theorist. I'm a conspiracy uh, realist. identifier. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's not a theory when uh, yeah, it actually it's there. happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, the slippery slope. People need to be celebrated because they've been right about all sorts of things lately. Right. So this AB 2098 is on Gavin Newsom's desk. 
He has only till uh, September 30th to veto this bill. Please call 916-445-2841 and express your concern or tag Gavin Newsom on social media and um, just beg him to veto this bill if you want to get quality of care, if you don't want more shortages on Good. Good physicians. Physicians are moving out. Physicians are depressed. Physicians yeah. are coming to me uh, with new onset addiction based on the stress on them. Call and ask for veto, please. That's excellent. I love that call to action, right? Because yeah. it's so easy to get um, dejected and feel underpowered. But, you know, Margaret Mead said, don't doubt that a small group of committed individuals can change the world. Yeah. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Amen. So, so, let's, so read let's, read that number again, yeah, and we'll put it in the show notes, yeah. and we'll make sure that we uh, we advertise that. It's 916-445-2841. And call and try to get a hold of somebody in the office, because they can just ignore a message that you leave. But yeah. when you talk to a person, it's like, oh, they got to pay for a, a guy to listen to you. And at least a person can has to hear you. Yeah, uh, be persistent. Let's uh, let's make those phone calls. I just called. I call every day. I just called yesterday. I had to wait 15, 20 minutes just to talk to a live person. Yeah. And please go after AB twenty two twenty three as well. That is the foundation of all liberties is life. If we don't protect life, we have no liberties to speak of. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So um, one of my other concerns along this um, has to do with uh, this transgender movement. And I've been bringing this thing up on just about every show. And by that, I mean this transgender mob, this, you know, social contagion that we're facing because, you know, we've got local battles that are going on here, but this is happening all over the country. And one of the things that they're doing with respect to the medical practice is with psychology and psychiatry, they are um, mandating that you deliver gender-affirming care because that's now the consensus, right? And they're saying that that is the only right path to caring for these people with gender dysphoria. Um, What that means is if you are a parent and you are concerned about, you know, the confusion that your kid is under, which a lot of this is a social contagion right now, it's being proven to be a social contagion. Um, Dr. Mark McDonald and I are going to have an awesome conversation on that here shortly on one of our um, subsequent interviews. And if you're concerned and you take your, your child to see someone then they can't support you and what you want as a parent, which is, hey, hey, help navigate my kid out of this confusion, you know, help calm them down, help let them know that the, you know, confusion that they're having in adolescent here is going to sort itself out and here we'll help you down this path. No, they have to affirm whatever, um, you know, gender expression they have at that moment. That is evil. Yeah. And, and it's basically what it's doing is it's creating a lifelong pharma-dependent patient. Yeah. Um, I think, what's the, the guy, Scott? It's actually a woman. Uh, Nugent. Scott Nugent. The yeah, we're going to have Scott on, on the show, What actually. is a woman yep. by yep. Matthew Walsh? Yep, we're going to have Scott on the show. I think he said in that movie, I, I may not be quoting this right, $2 million over the lifetime of one of those patients is what they're worth to big pharma. 
Yeah. So um, the more of those patients they can create, the, the better the game for them. And, and right now what, what's happening is so uh, uh, great people like Matt Walsh or Libs of TikTok or others are just taking the videos off of the uh, off of YouTube from yeah. these uh, these uh, hospital groups, these, um, you know, uh, care organizations of different kinds where they're talking about this is what we're doing. And in fact, um, I, I believe it was Vanderbilt. Uh, had a video where they're describing, hey, this is going to make us a lot of money. Now, in the video, they're you know they're talking about the whole to- totality of um, you know gender affirming quote unquote Care. surgeries and, yeah. and 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 things like that, but it's hundreds of thousands of dollars on top of you know yes over the life of um, you know one of these uh, transgender patients, yeah, big pharma stands to make a ton of money. To the tune that investors are looking at some of this stuff and saying, "Oh, this is a you know two three billion dollar um, industry." Wow! Yeah, just I just mean- want to highlight something. Um, seems like all of them have um, such a good talent on bringing different words with positive meaning and then change it. Um, oh yeah, euphemisms. To- That's Orwellian. That's- exactly. Yeah. It's just. In affirm affirmative these words are positive you hear it said what's wrong with it yeah and what it means is um you need to deliver care to your patient with uh, without really mentioning um what their gender is you have to be uh, kind caring and supportive if you look at it it's not a big deal it's true it's based on science but what they try to deliver and change the definition is basically telling um, physicians what to do and how to approach what pronoun and um, basically um, listening to a teenager or um, even younger than teenage, like it starts at age eight that they are teaching our kids at school um listening to that and basically confront their parents um based on um, what they are dictating to us this is not right even american uh, pediatric association came up with a number that 85 percent of people who have gender dysphoria gender identity disorder or any name that they came up with it recently are changing their minds later on but we yeah have over 80 percent of yeah. kids after yeah. puberty because they don't have gender dysphoria what they have is adolescence exactly they and have confusion what, they have adolescence really and adolescence do, is confusing yeah you know? but, well there, there is a small percentage it, of it, true transgender but what yeah. we have been doing in the past and it was correct but like respecting that patient but that patient was not getting a special treatment because of being transgender or having confusion. Well, I, yeah. it was I just we were with them, supporting yeah, them wanna, during their journey. Yeah, and I want to be clear. Look, people people who are genuinely confused, and I and I want to I want to separate out those people that you know have maybe a clinical um, and provable case of gender dysphoria from what's happening now. Because every other kid does not have gender dysphoria, but yet in these classrooms you have, um, you know, a massive percentage. And again, surprisingly, it depends on the teacher and the social yeah. group in there. But you have teachers that are coming out on TikTok with their Halloween hair, saying, 
you know, oh, I'm so proud of my classroom. Almost all of them have elected to be non-binary, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And so they're they're carefully, you know, gu- guiding, right. grooming these kids down these paths yeah. into this confusion. They're pushing uh, it on them. That is that is a very different thing. And those adults need to be held accountable for that evil. Well, what I want to say is, I don't think it's ever compassionate to lie to people. Right. Right. And, and or to to join in in their delusion. And the, the word delusion is actually defined in medicine as having a belief that doesn't comport with reality. Right. OK. So it's a psychiatric defini- definition. Right. Um, if, if a patient comes into me and says, hey, I feel like a raccoon, it would be the antithesis of compassion for me to say, I'm going to get a raccoon tail. I'm suture it on to you. We'll, we'll suture up the blood vessels so the blood supply so it can last. And I mean, that would be just bizarre and, and, and mean. Right. Because as a physician, I'd say, look, I have to tell you the science. Here's what your, your DNA, DNA says. You're XX. You're a female. All 39 trillion of your cells are XX. Yeah. And even if I make a neophallus out of those cells, they're still going to have that imprint of female XX. Yeah. So it's, it's never compassionate to lie to people just to make them feel better in their delusion. And it, and it leads to long-term problems down the road. Well, because they don't feel good long-term there's no provable, um, you know, and, and you cited that statistic too, but there's no proof that this solves those problems. In fact, there's and proof to the opposite. There's right. proof to the opposite. You know, we're going to have Chloe Cole, Cole on. We're going to have Scott Nugent on. Um, every day, more and more detransitioning people are coming yeah. out and saying, I made a horrific mistake. Social pressure. And we are yeah. actually seeing that these days, um, there are many lawsuits, many of them published in the news that... Um, mother uh, decided to go with what doctor said and did mastectomy um, transgender surgery and nowadays they actually require parent signature they were trying to pass a bill that 12 year old can do all this surgery without parents consent this is what's happening in our state that's what they'd like to do and then after two years they change their mind and they come after their parents said why did you let me do that this is what's happening and this is dangerous and you're seeing this as a psychiatrist i i am aware of two cases that is in the court that are all both in the courts Yeah, and there'll be more of that. And and uh, the the fear that I have also is, especially in states like California, if because um, it's happening in Canada, it's happening in other places. If you are not affirming your child's gender, you then the court steps in, right. you know, and all of a sudden you got you know child protective services at your door yeah. saying that oh this kid is telling his teacher that you know. Uh, they want to be the opposite gender, and right. you're not allowing it in your home. Yeah, there was a father that was, I think, he w- I don't know if he was jailed or if he just had his, his daughter taken away, but because he wouldn't call his daughter a uh, he. Yeah, there's Canada. Him. Yeah. yeah, in Canada. Yeah, and, and that is um, on our doorstep because that's what they'd like to have here. I, I want to acknowledge those on the other side of this issue, that, that uh, they believe they're acting out of compassion. Yeah. Right? But again, my argument is it's never... I think some of them do, to be honest. The more I've had these conversations, I do think some people, you know, there are parents that are caught up in this and, oh gosh, what do I do? They're being manipulated. They're being told that, hey, do you want a uh, living daughter or a dead son kind of a thing? They they, they, they use manipulation tactics. And so there's a lot of of people, those are the people I have compassion for. Then there's people who have zero moral clarity on this stuff and believe that they're just, you know, yeah... 
um, they're just doing this and that, you know, because they should be doing this. And then there's the people that have, I mean, a case of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And there's some of those in this community and I'm calling you out. Um, that that are on these like uh, boards for LGBTQ yeah. and and oh look it they're trotting out they're transitioning you know eight year old and they're proud of it and they're like look at look it's at what I've got and it's accessory trendy it's cool. thing yeah. yeah it's it's about the yeah you're evil people virtue, virtue signaling but you know there is there is some truth to the fact that so transgenders you know they have a four to five fold increase in risk of suicide than the general population but by doing the surgery you don't make it better. Yeah, you make it worse. Yeah, for the first ten years, those people tend to be happy. Oh, this is great! I'm a, I'm a woman that was transitioned to a man, but after year ten, their suicide rate goes up nineteen fold. Well, well the for, forget the forget the the surgeries because that is terrible, right? And what they'll argue is, well, that's not happening as frequently. But the puberty blockers stuff, the chemical that's, castration, that's, where that that is happening a lot now, like yeah. that that's increasing day by day, and they're putting these kids on that, and and they will never be the same, and and they They'll pretend never have kids. they pretend, yeah, no, that's it's sterilization. They they pretend that you can just like unplug reverse it, it yeah. reverse it, let it go. Oh yeah, now the bottle. No, that's not the way it works. Yeah, we we, we don't know long term effects of these things, but it, it's it's cruel to say I'm gonna. I'm going to castrate my, my son yeah. right? so he can never have kids, I mean, whether it's chemically or, or surgically, physically. It's still the same thing. Yeah, no, and, it's and terrific. I want to ask these people on the other side, how is it compassionate care to lop off your, your son's penis? Yeah. How is that compassionate care? Yeah. It's not. Yeah. No, it, it's, uh, again, it, it's horrific. I think it's, it's um, among um, a couple of the other things, and I know we only have a couple minutes here to, to wind this up, but there's there's two issues right now that are, are lines in the sand, and I believe that that is uh, you know the uh, abortion issue and this transgender issue because they're both they're both life issues. They're both um, are you pro life or are you pro into you know this this other destructive stuff. Yeah, if you wanted to give more fodder to the conspiracy theorists who say that these guys in power just want to. Uh, coal the population and you know cause a depopulation yeah. of the world. This is the way to do it. You get rid of the babies. You kill the babies when yeah. they're born, and then you keep people from being able to even have babies. Well, and and the sad thing is, is it tends to be the left that's falling into that trap and doing it to themselves. Where where while the right is yeah. moving increasingly towards let, let hey let's get busy and have yeah, kids, let's have more kids, uh, you know, yeah. and and Maybe let's homeschool them, issue, yeah. and uh, you know, in a generation or two. Sorry guys, you're yeah. out. I think yeah. that's our hope. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, can you give that number one more time? Sure. And uh, and we'll put it in in the show notes. No, I put it in my speed speed dial. I just say Siri, call Governor Newsom. Uh, call I Gavin Newsom. It. And I love it. So the number is nine one six four four five two eight four one. All right, call that number. We've got to get some action on this thing, and appreciate you both uh, coming in last thank minute you. and making this thank happen. Thank you, Bryce, for having yeah. us. Appreciate you. it. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Giselle. Thank you for joining us on Liberty Station. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on Rumble, Liftable TV, or Spotify, or anywhere that you consume podcasts. Please text these episodes to your friends and support our advertisers.